are listening to The Hidden Life of Toxins, the podcast that does toxin-free living research for you. My name is Christina Vine, and my mission is to help you become an empowered consumer who knows how to avoid day-to-day toxins without hours of research and hundreds of Google searches. Today, you are going to learn more than 80 toxic ingredients to avoid in personal care products. Now, there is no way for us to cover all of them in this episode. Plus, I want to save myself the embarrassment of pronouncing some of the crazy long ingredient names and save you the awkwardness of having to hear me do it. So, I've created something for you. It is a downloadable list of ingredients to avoid in personal care products. I am proud to say that it is the most comprehensive downloadable list of this type. And there are two ways to use it. You can simply screenshot it or you can download it. Since it is a PDF document, you can use the search function to quickly check if a certain ingredient is on the list. For example, when you're shopping online, just copy the ingredient name and paste it into the document search bar. And if you're shopping in store, have the document saved as a PDF on your phone and just start typing the name of the ingredient in the document search bar. Make sense? In today's episode, we're going to talk about five groups of widely used but problematic ingredients in personal care products. You will learn about formaldehyde releasers, parabens, butylated compounds, petroleum-based ingredients, and ethoxylated ingredients. I will explain what these ingredients are, why you should avoid them, and how they are regulated, or in most cases, how they are not regulated. Specific ingredients for each group, in addition to many others, are listed in the free document I mentioned. Again, it is the list of more than 80 toxic ingredients to avoid in personal care products. You can download it by clicking on the link in the show notes. Ingredient labels used to make zero sense to me. But the more research I did on this over the years, the less confusing it got. My hope is that this episode and the list I'm sharing will help you understand ingredient labels without having to research this topic for years yourself. Let's dive in. We'll start with formaldehyde releasers because these are the worst. They are used in personal care products as preservatives. And it's all in the name. They prevent the growth of mold and bacteria by slowly releasing formaldehyde into products, which is not cool because formaldehyde is a known carcinogen and a skin irritant as well. Formaldehyde in personal care products is banned in the European Union and Japan, but believe it or not, it is still allowed in all other countries. As long as manufacturers don't exceed the allowed concentrations of formaldehyde in their products, it's all good. Well, good for them, maybe, but not for the consumers. Most other countries, including the US and Australia, don't even have concentration restrictions for formaldehyde in personal care products. It's a disaster. When it comes to formaldehyde releasers, they are regulated in few countries as well. If they are used in a product sold in the European Union or New Zealand, well, first, there are concentration restrictions. And second, 
the product must be labeled with a warning that says contains formaldehyde. This is much better than no regulation at all. The second group of chemicals we're going to look at is parabens, probably the most well-known bad guys in personal care products. Just like formaldehyde releasers, parabens are used as preservatives. They are derived from parahydroxybenzoic acid, which occurs naturally in many fruits and veggies. But don't let this fool you. Parabens are far from natural. They are suspected carcinogens and endocrine disruptors. And I say suspected carcinogens because their carcinogenic effect is not based on 100% solid research. There was a 2004 study that found parabens in the breast tissue of women with breast cancer. So scientists made an assumption that parabens cause breast cancer, which, let's be real, is a bit of a stretch. A more fair conclusion would be that parabens accumulate in breast tissue. I am not defending parabens in any way. I recommend avoiding them in all personal care products. I'm just saying that more research is needed for me to be able to say that parabens cause cancer. They are very likely endocrine disruptors, though, so definitely stay away from them. In the European Union, five parabens are completely banned from use in personal care products, and four others are allowed in certain amounts. In most countries, including the US, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, all parabens are allowed in personal care products without any restrictions, which I don't even know how to comment on this. Next, let's talk about butylated compounds. Two chemicals, BHA and BHT, are used as preservatives in both food and personal care products. Yes, in food as well. Both are potential endocrine disruptors, and there is strong evidence that BHA is a carcinogen as well. Butylated compounds are banned from use in food in some countries, including the European Union, the United Kingdom, and Japan. Totally allowed in personal care products, though. The fourth group of ingredients we're going to look at is petroleum-based ingredients. First, what is petroleum? Also known as crude oil, petroleum is a fossil fuel. Just like coal and natural gas, it was formed over millions of years from the remains of marine organisms. Now, petrolatum, also known as petroleum jelly, is a byproduct of the oil drilling industry. So, the drilling of oil forms a waxy petroleum substance on oil rigs, and petrolatum is made by refining this waxy substance. Fun fact, back in the 19th century, men who were drilling oil discovered that this waxy byproduct kept their hands soft, and that's how Vaseline was born. Properly refined petrolatum is considered safe to use in personal care products, but an incomplete refining process can contaminate it with polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which are potential carcinogens. And there is no way to confirm that petrolatum was properly refined, unless a complete refining history is provided. So why is it used in personal care products? Why not use natural plant oils, for example? Well, it's because petrolatum is cheap. In the European Union and New Zealand, they take the contamination issue very seriously. 
To use petrolatum in personal care products, its full refining history must be known, and it must be proven to be non-carcinogenic. But there are dozens of other petroleum-based ingredients, most of which are harmful and should be avoided in personal care products. Some, like styrene and toluene, for example, are extremely toxic and should be avoided at all costs. Others, like propylene glycol, are considered less toxic, but all petroleum-based ingredients can be contaminated with polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, so I recommend avoiding them. In the list, I've included most petroleum-based ingredients, but also look out for any ingredient that has acyl, methyl, butyl, or propyl in the name. Those are petroleum-based ingredients as well. And it's not like we need petroleum-based ingredients. So many brands are formulating amazing products without them. Plus, oil is a non-renewable energy source. Once it is used up, it's gone forever, which is actually a major problem because we are currently, as humanity, dependent on oil to supply most of our energy needs. Avoiding personal care products with petroleum-based ingredients makes sense to me for both health and environmental reasons. And it's kind of gross. Putting a byproduct of an oil drilling industry on your skin. Like, ew, right? The last group of ingredients we're going to talk about today is ethoxylated ingredients. Similar to petroleum-based ingredients, these are problematic because they can be contaminated with harmful substances. So, ethoxylation is the process of reacting acylene oxide with other chemicals to make them less harsh. The problem is that small amounts of 1,4-dioxane are created in the process. And to make matters worse, residual acylene oxide can be left in the product as well. Why is this a problem? Because both 1,4-dioxane and acylene oxide are carcinogenic. Plus, when you're buying a product with ethoxylated ingredients in it, there is no way to know if it is contaminated. 1,4-dioxane and acylene oxide are not listed on labels because they are contaminants, not ingredients. You can email the company and ask them, but then do you trust them to tell you the truth? The sad reality is that many companies don't even know. When they see your email and if they really want to help you, they will contact their suppliers and ask them. But then again, will the suppliers be honest? So I recommend avoiding all ethoxylated ingredients. They are easy to spot on labels. Look for ingredients that end in eth or xynol, like loras, for example, or have propylene glycol, PEG, or polysorbate in the name. Just like with petroleum-based ingredients, we don't really need them. Companies can simply use less harsh ingredients to begin with, not to mention that alternative processes to ethoxylation actually exist. Most companies just don't use them. In the European Union and New Zealand, acylene oxide is banned in personal care products. And Canada prohibits both, acylene oxide and 1,4-dioxane. In conclusion, if you avoid these five ingredient groups, plus all of the ingredients in the downloadable list I've made, in most cases, you're golden. Again, the list includes more than 80 toxic ingredients to avoid in personal care products. 
It's pretty awesome, and the PDF format makes it very easy to use. You can download the list by clicking on the link in the show notes. If you're not sure about a specific product and would like me to look at the ingredients, join us over in the free Hidden Life of Toxins Facebook group. Post the ingredients and tag me. I've analyzed thousands of labels over the years, and I'm happy to look at the ingredients for you. The link to join us in the Facebook group is in the show notes. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.